You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you'd like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you this morning. I have so much stuff going through my mind. As we were worshiping, God was just keep speaking to me. But I got a lot to go through this morning, so hopefully I can share some of that at the end. Just want to point the fact that the devil is a bully. And I just felt like some people have been bullied. You've been bullied or your families have been bullied. And you're just copying it. And you just have to kind of wake up to the fact that it's a spiritual battle. We are, we are physical beings, but we also are spiritual beings. So we both. And sometimes we live so much in the natural realm that we forget that the battle is actually spiritual. So what's happening in your life, that there's the opposition that comes against you, is from the devil. And he's the bully. He wants to subdue your life and make you afraid so you're just crippled in, in, in God. But God wants to lift you up and raise you up. So, and you have authority in Christ to speak his truth. You need to rebuke the, the, the demonic and keep moving forward in God. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning we're going to talk about gifts. Who loves gifts? Gifts are amazing. You know, especially when you're not sure what you're getting. See the anticipation, like when my kids buy me gifts for Father's Day or my birthday, and I'm just all excited. What, what's it going to be? And you're opening it up. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Or, or friends that surprise you. Sometimes people give you gifts because they know you so well so they know what you will enjoy as well you're like oh yeah but what if you receive invisible gifts a gifts that are from god invisible gifts that you could see someone's future what if you could raise the dead what about seeing into sorry seeing into person's life to help them and I believe these gifts are here. They're in your life. And what I want to do today, I want to stir the gifts inside of us. I want to stir the gifts so we'll be active in our gifts. We will come alive in Jesus so we can use these gifts to be a blessing. God has given them gifts not just for ourselves, but it's actually to use them to build people's lives and encourage them. Gifts are forgiving. They're not just for ourselves to sit on them. In James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God just lavish gifts on our lives. You think about the even creation. God has just given everything that gives. The trees give. They give the wood for fire. They give the shade. They give so much. Even the animals, they give you milk and skin. Everything is giving. And God has given us so much to give as well. So we need to just pass it through. Let it, let it go through our lives. Let us be a vessel that we can use our gifts. Amen. I just want to point out the difference between the gifts and the talents. Some people get confused between the two. So the talents are natural and gifts are supernatural. Talents are inherited. Gifts are received from God. So you can get your talent from your family, from your parents. But gifts are received from God. Talents are received at birth. Gifts are received at the new birth when you give your heart to Jesus. 
Talents are possessed both by saved and unsaved people. Gifts are possessed only by saved people. You know, sometimes, like I'll tell you a little story about my, my, my family. My dad's side, very strong people, very talented people. I, I used to love uh, going to the school holidays after school and, and catching up. Everybody catches up at grandparents' place, all the uncles and aunties and cousins. And they all come together. And I was used to be on awe of these amazing uncles. They're all big, big blokes, very capable, strong, very sporty, very creative with their hands. They can just make amazing things. But the trouble was, like, they will first when they see each other, they all live in different cities far away from each other. They're all gathered together and they come together and loving one another, and then the competition starts. Who can throw the disc the furthest? Who is strongest? And boasting and all of that stuff. And then the fights break out. And they go, oh, what's going on? And then they don't talk to each other for like two, three weeks. But I'm just thinking, you know, all of those talents that are in these people, without the purpose, it's just like you just don't know what to do with this, what you've been given. You know, God given gifts and talents for a purpose, for a meaning. And without God, we're just kind of all over the place. And we just use it for our selfish ambitions. And you can see the world, what the world is doing. But all of this comes from God, talents and gifts. So gifts are given by God for the outworking of God's life as expressed by the body of Christ. That's why they're there. So we need your gifts. We need you to activate your gifts because pastors and deacons can't do everything. We need everybody, all the members of the body to work in the, using their gifts to edify the church. Otherwise, we're missing out, missing out on the gifts that God has given them. And I believe in this our church that all the gifts are here. Spiritual gifts are something every believer is given when they receive the gift of salvation. Every believer. You might receive few, you might receive one, but you have received the gift. Just as the gift of salvation is by grace through faith, so are the spiritual gifts as well. Gifts are God's supernatural ability showing up in our lives in various ways. I just want to read you from 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. It says, that Now there, is, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to the one given through the Spirit of utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability of distinguish between the Spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. I just want to draw out, you probably, if you've done some Bible study, you've probably heard of this before, but there are three kinds of spiritual gifts. And I'm just going to quickly go through them with you. In Ephesians 4, 1, 13 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the work of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of a stature of fullness, of Christ. So we call these fivefold ministries. So you've got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I don't like to adding things to the Word of God, but I think the helpers could fall in this category. You think about that, you know, the lead pastor and, and people that are helping, people that are helping Paul on his journey, helping with the ministry. 
So if you feel like, well, I don't, I don't have these, but you could be an amazing helper to, 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 to the body, especially with the, with, the, with the pastors. Now, has anyone of you been, has anybody's prophesied over you about any of these gifts? Or do you feel like a God has possibly given you some of these gifts that I just mentioned, fivefold ministry? Do you feel like, you know, there's something going on? God has been speaking, or people have been prophesying, and you have a sense. Now, I want to ask you, what are you doing about that? And how long did you have that? How long has that been sitting in your, in your heart and in your life? And how long will you postpone it? Because if that's what God has given you, the gift, he wants to use it to you, for you to activate that gift to be a blessing. So I strongly encourage, we've got MTS here running, and we see people come out of that on fire, and they started discovering their gifts and realizing, hey, you know, God has called me into this. There's a confidence grows about it. So I really encourage you to tap into that. The second kind is the manifestation gifts. So for the sake of time, I'm not going to read that scripture again, but you can read then 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, which is the one that I read before. It just specifically talks a bit more about manifestational gifts. So there's a nine kinds of these. So message of wisdom, message of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. Now, have you ever operated or tapped into any of these gifts? Have you experienced God moving through you in this? If you have, it's amazing. Just keep doing it. But if you haven't, I believe you can. I believe you can tap and operate in these gifts because you have exactly the same spirit as I do. It's the same spirit of Jesus. It's not a different one. It's the same one. And he can use you as well as his vessel. Now, we're going to look later on some people given different measures of faith to operate certain gifts. But I believe that you can operate these gifts. And sometimes God has given you specifically some of these gifts for you to only to operate in. The third kind is motivational gifts. That's in Romans 6 to 8. says, Having gifts that defer according to the grace given to us, let them use them. If prophesying in proportion to our faith... If service in a serving to the one who teaches, in his teaching to the one who exhorts and exhorts in his exhortation, to the one who contributes in generosity to the one who leads with zeal, to the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So we see seven of these. So it's prophesying, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, and showing mercy. Um, you can actually... Um, do the questionnaire to the gifting and you can find out exactly what you might be leaning. These not, sometimes can change as you mature and cross, as you grow. Things might change, but it will give you a good indication what's in you, what kind of uh, gift God has placed in your life. So it's hard to know which gift you have unless you exercise them. It's hard to know. Because don't, you don't know what's in you. But if you open yourself up to possibilities, if you expose yourself, and if you're afraid, just do it afraid. And then you'll be amazed what God does. And you're thinking, oh, wow, this is amazing. God used me today. This person got touched. And you grow in confidence. You think, I can do this. God is with me. He's with me. God doesn't use perfect people. Think, well, I'm not qualified. I don't know enough. I'm not a theologian. I don't know the Bible that much. You'll read the Bible, nobody was qualified, nobody's perfect. It was just a bunch of 
strange people that God used. He doesn't wait for the perfection to use. It's just like, well, you, you, you receive Jesus, he's in your life, and he wants to move through your life. Right? So he's more than enough, and he's going to take you on a journey alongside with you. He said, come on, you can do it. And then you're going to learn as you tap into that power, you'll go like, wow, this is amazing. And God keeps opening doors for your ministry to, to things to, moving. So gifts needs to be exercised. When I first became a Christian, um, the, it's a long story, but God, God knocked on my door and I became a Christian. And then I joined the ministry going witnessing to everybody because he was evangelist. I was scared as. But I just went with him. And we just laid hands on people at their the doorsteps and see God impacted their lives. And now my faith grew. I was like, this is amazing. And then later on, I joined the ministry. We used to do ministry in the hospital. We used to do a pediatrics reward in Modbury Hospital when we used to bring stuff there and spend time with kids that are sick, bring them some gifts and, and, and just spend time with them. And then later on, the doors opened for the emergency department. So we took a cappuccino machine there. We bring cookies and we helped the staff because they were just overwhelmed. People waiting for nine hours. Everybody's cranky. All sorts of strange people coming in. Fingers chopped off, legs chopped off, heart attacks. It's just trauma. And so we kind of um, spent time with the staff making cappuccinos, but we also spent time with the patients, just chatting with them. And then we, they gave us passes. We could go anywhere, helping bring in blankets. And people, when they're in their beds and they had heart attacks, they're quite vulnerable and open. And they just start sharing about their lives. And it's an incredible opportunity. So we met this guy there, um, and he, he was a bouncer in the club, nightclub for years. A big guy, very capable. But he went in a club, and there was a few young, young punks that were making, you know, nuisance of themselves so he decided to chuck them out so when he went outside there was another 15 of them so they turned on him and they just beaten him so bad they had the multiple bones bro- broken bones it was just built into a pulp it was just such a bad state so we had a compassion on him we spent keep spending time with him helping him out and when he got released we went to his house cleaned it up for him provided meals for him he became a christian gave his heart to jesus started coming to church he got well it's like oh, this is amazing and then, as the devil does, he brings this lady into his life. I'm not saying ladies are evil. That's not what I'm saying at all. But the devil's cards are just very predictable. It was going really well. And then he met, let's call her Allison. And uh, little Allison, she was a sweet little lady. She had lots of trauma in her life. She had three husbands before. And, and last husband poured a petrol over it to set her on fire. That's how horrific it was. So she, she had lots of issues. And I said to him, I said, look, man, just take it easy. You know, let her come to church. And so she came to church. She gave her heart to Jesus. I don't know if it was like, it was, it was strange. But I knew there was something going on in this lady's life. There was something that is not, not like, it's just like a demonic. So they moved in together. And I was like, oh, great. But we're still catching up with them and trying to mentor them through and disciple them. And, and one night I got this phone call like 11.30 at night. He's like, please come, I'm terrified, you know, Allison's gone crazy, she wants to slice me up with the knife. And I'm like, mate, you're a bouncer. This lady's like this, this, this hot. She said, I know, mate, but it is something is out of this world that it's happening here. I do not, I, I'm so scared, I'm shivering. So she grabbed the knife, tried to slice him up, and then he, somehow he managed to run in the bedroom, so he locked himself in there, and she's just raging, I can hear her on the phone, raging, going absolutely ballistic, and... I thought, man, what do I do? So I found the other friend, and she came with me. So we went up there, 
and just feel the eerie presence of, of demonic in the house. And, you know, I'm just a still young Christian, but I've been trained by this guy and just keep telling me about this and, you know, how we can't have authority over demons and this other friend that came with me, she's also got saved similar time as me. So we go there and we think, well, we, we believe, we have authority in Christ, we're going to deal with this right now. So we start talking to her and she calms down, but then she rages again and somehow we manage there to slide a knife under the door and we go there, we sit in the chairs and we start casting these de- demons out of her. And the things were just manifesting. It was, it was so violent and terrifying. But we were so encouraged because God was relieving her from this horrible thing. And then once that happened, this peace came. It was like, phew, just the peace entered the house. She was just like restored, smiled back on. She's like, what was that? What was that? So we tried to explain it. Look, that's just demonic. You know, and we just... and. She uh, had to go through a whole heap of healing and all that kind of stuff. And my point is that, you know, you expose yourself to it. You might be thinking, look, I'm not an expert on this. I don't have a degree in exorcism. I don't have, I don't know what to do. But the thing is, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have God in your life. And he can do this through you. Even if you're afraid, you say, God, you're with me. What do you think I was doing all the way driving there? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help. I don't know what to do. Please help me. And then Holy Spirit empowers you to actually do this. Right? So don't forget the power that you need to do the work of God because you can't do it in your own strength. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, But earnestly desire the higher gifts. It's an interesting scripture. But you need, we so much focus on earthly stuff, like talents, human input. But we need the higher supernatural input. You can't do God's work without tapping into the Holy Spirit's power to do His work. We can't just, we're not smart enough, we're not strong enough. The devil just laughs at that. We need to tap in the power and the source of strength to actually do the God's work. That's what the work that's where it can be done through that. Yeah. You know, we are fragile beings. We are physical, but we also are spiritual. Now we have the Holy Spirit. And instead of letting devil bullying us, we're going, you know what, Satan? Get behind me. I have authority over you. Amen? Yeah. So gifts are great. They're great. God has given us to them. But it's important to love. Don't forget to love, right? Love is the motivator. Love is the driving force. For God so loved the world that he gave. Right? So we're doing it out of love. We're using the gifts out of love because we want people be set, see people be set free. Because God loves them. And so that needs to be a motivator. Do you know people who are over the top of, on gifts? I know a few. Right, so we can get so weird with the gifts, like a sp- supernatural and you know gold dust. Like I believe God can do that, and he, sometimes He does to bless His people. But people want to travel the world, buying tickets to go to different countries to experience the goosebumps, to feel the woo, want the gold dust, want this. You know, it just it just becomes all strange. Like I once went to this church, I won't mention what church it is, and this guy was preaching about traveling in a chariot to heaven. This is like on Sunday. And he was saying that how he went in a chariot to heaven 
and I went up there and received the download of information that he needs to bring down to earth. And as he was coming down earth on his chariot of fire, he's coming down and he stopped in the middle of his sermon and says, oh, actually that was your chariot, sister so-and-so. I borrowed yours because my, yours, mine wasn't available. And they all erupted like, yeah, I mean, I mean, what am I missing out? I never travel in a chariot. What's going on here? And then it says, like, you know, he went down and he went to the prime minister's office, read his, all his paperwork that was there, and he prayed over it, and he see the bringing for breakfast. It's like, what's going on here? I just couldn't connect. I'm sorry. And, but that can become, like, a strange. We can become really strange, like, so spiritually weird that we're not no, earthly good. We need to be both. And we need to be motivated by love, not by weirdness. Amen? You know, what about, what about gift of giving? Nobody gets hung up about that. I just give so much, can't stop giving, Lord. Yo, Lord is blessing me so much, just give and give and more. I just keep giving. No, nobody gets hung up about that much. They gets hung up about these gifts that are strange. They're God's gifts, right? But we, let's not abuse them. Let's not get weird. Let's get real. These gifts are actually for uh, building up people's lives, setting the captives free because of the love, out of the love, out of the grace of God. See, God has given us his love as a gift. That is the gift as well. We wouldn't know what love is if it didn't come from God. God is love. That's what we experience. We know what love is because it's come from God. And we're able to love because it's God's impartation in our life. That's who he is. See, without love, all the action supposed to be gifts are empty. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3 says, If I speak in tongues of men and angels and have not love, I am noisy, going and clanging symbols. If I have prophetic powers and understand the mysteries of all knowledge, and I have not all faith as to remove mountains, but I have no love, I am nothing. If I give... Give, sorry, if I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have no love, I gain nothing. Nothing. See, love is the motivator. But see, love isn't love unless we give it away. We can't just tell like, Lord, I need your love. Fill me with your love. And he will. He loves you, right? But we just can't come asking God to fill us with his love so we can sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Now feel the love. So loving. What are we doing with it? Is that our hearts filled with love so we can love on people? The love needs to flow. You can't just contain it's like, well, I'm full of love. But what are you doing with it? Good on you. Show to somebody that you love them. See, God has given the gift. Now it's up to you to decide whether you are going to activate your gift through the measure of faith that you have been received. God's not going to force you, but you need to activate the gift. And we are earnestly, as pastors, we want people to walk in their gifts. How amazing church will be if all the gifts in operation. It will be a powerhouse. It is a powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think about the book of Acts. Disciples received Jesus. Jesus, you know, there was miraculous powers. and all. Then they become comfortable like, oh, this is so awesome. Oh, awesome church. And God's like, what are you doing? So he just brings the persecution and boom, they're scattered everywhere. Miracles happen. Philip went somewhere, preached the gospel. People getting saved, churches getting planted. God's like, yeah, now you're on the mission. That's, that's what it's all about. 
In Romans 12, 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. See, we have measure of faith. The Bible talks about quite a bit about measure of faith. For instance, you can tap into the spiritual gift of prophecy. But are you a anointed the prophet like there are people that are well-known prophets? That is a measure of faith given to them to prophesy things into being. Can you do that? You can tap into it, right? But you know, you're going to move probably most likely in the gift that God has given you and designed specially for you. With your uniqueness, with your temperament, with who you are. Right? See, maybe you can't operate all the gifts. Jesus operated all the gifts. Not many people can. But please operate the gifts that God has given you and discover what they are. And there's plenty of stuff you can do to discover this. In Romans 16, sorry, 12, 6 says, Having gifts that the third according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And this goes at least in prophecy in proportion to our faith. See, manifestation of the gift is activated by your faith. It's by your faith. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared, but that's what the Bible says, so I'm going to obey and see what God does. And when I first started moving in the Spirit, I didn't know what I was doing, but then I see what God does, and then my faith grew. It was like, well, this is true, what God says. He is with me. Things started happening. See, what happens when your faith wavers and unbelief creeps in? What happens? Don't fear. (laughs) Don't fear. Um, It happened to disciples. When Jesus sent the disciples and they couldn't cast the demon out of the boy in Matthew 17, 19 to 20, it says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. See, your faith might be small now, but the more you exercise, your faith will grow. It will grow. Mustard seed grew to the amazing tree. You've got to start somewhere. You'll grow as you go. See, just as the faith activates the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, obedience allows you to spiritual gifts to mature. When prompted by the Spirit, please obey. God's put something on your heart, just do it. Because He wants to do something. He wants to teach you, but He also wants to bless another person. When you're sitting on the bus and somebody comes along and Holy Spirit just keep telling you, just tell them this. Or start a conversation. You're like, ah, oh, I don't it's not me. I'm just, you know, just do it. Please do it. It would be amazing what God does. Do not let complacency hinder the manifestation of the God God has given to you. In Romans 12, 11 says, Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. See, be encouraged. You have an identity of authority through Christ. You might feel like, I am not enough, I don't know, you know. But God is always with you. He never leaves you, never forsake you every step of the way. Even when you feel like you're a failure, like I don't know what I'm doing, and that's what the devil does. It bullies you, puts you down. You think, I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. I'm not. 
The Holy Spirit is still in your life, and He can. Right? We just got to believe what the Word says. Believe God's words. Jesus said to Peter, come, and he came out of the boat on Jesus' word. By faith. Don't let the devil rip you off. You know, every time you want to do something for God, the opposition is there. Boom. The wall raises up. And the devil uses fear the most. You're afraid. Oh, it's scary. Look at the giants. Who am I? I don't know what I'm doing. The people are aggro and angry and all of this stuff. But, you know, just got to remember that you have authority in Christ. And you can say to the devil, get behind me, Satan. I'm doing my father's business. This is what Jesus asked me to do. Amen. I'm not going to just sit here and cop it. I'm just going to pray for God to break through and just keep doing it. You might stuff it up. You might mess it up. That's fine. Just, just do it. Just as a word of encouragement, um, in Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us so that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I just want our worship team to come up. What I want to do this morning, I want to give us an opportunity to perhaps operate in some of the gifts that we have. You know, like we come to church and we, we, you know, hear the worship, hear the word, and we live a fairly comfortable life. But I just want to stir it up a bit. And I believe that's hearing from what's happening this morning and what the Tuesday nights have been doing. It looks like the Holy Spirit is stirring us, stirring our churches to just to kind of rise up, to just dust off the dust and, and COVID and all of these things and, and things of the world and just to rise up. You know, God is still on his throne. And we are still his people that he wants to work through. And there is a millions of people that are perishing out there, wasting away because they need the word of God. They need Jesus in their life. They need the intervention. And how does God is going to do that? He's going to do it through our lives. He's going to do it through our lives of activating our gifts, of being obedient to him. And step out of our fears. And step out of our comfort zones. And go, God, here I am. I'm your servant. Use me. You might just start a church. Right, not everybody's an evangelist, but you might start a church. And if you've got a gift of encouragement, please use it. A lot of people need encouragement. If you've got a gift of mercy, there's a lot of broken people. They need your heart and they need your gift to soothe over them because that will bring healing. That will bring peace over their lives. If you've got administration gifts, we, we desperately need them in this day and age. The organizing things. When a pastor's like, I'm doing administration, I'm not really good at it. <laughs> And if everybody's active in their gifts. So this morning, I just want you to walk back. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.